Okay, good afternoon everybody and welcome to the 10th episode of the Hidden F- Figures podcast. Uh, first off, sorry I've been ghost for the last like, two months, it's been unbelievably hectic, you won't imagine, um, but uh, fortunately I've had a friend really help me out in in trying to um, get this back up and running again. Um, so today I'm really, really excited to have Veronica Martin here today. Um Veronica, I think I met just as I started doing the podcast. Uh, I can't remember who introduced me. I think it was one, one of my friends introduced me to Janet. That's right. And then Janet introduced me to you. And Veronica's been super. I met, I met up with you uh, months ago, yeah. almost a year ago now. Because, yeah. I, yeah, I think it was around December I met up with you. Um, and you gave me some advice and we spoke about what you're doing or well, I, d- I don't know if you're still planning on doing it yeah the hidden still, I've got lots you of can, plans in the works oh fantastic <laughs> well you can talk about that okay. on the podcast um, but yeah if you could just quickly introduce yourself just explain kind of what it is you do and have done and um, I'll, I'll then start digging from there fabulous yeah so you're absolutely right my name's Veronica Martin <laughs> yeah. so what, what I do is I develop I help to develop the leadership skills of young people Mm -hmm. and I do that in three ways Um, the first way is through a foundation or a charity called the Alito Foundation where I serve as a chief operating officer and we run leadership development programs a few times a year for a select number of young people usually around 60 to 70 young people and it's normally sponsored by a company so that's that's a multi-day event brings in all types of mentors speakers companies all sorts of things so that we call it a boot camp um, Mm -hmm. to develop leadership skills amongst young people the second thing i do is most recently is with uh, another charity called generating genius Mm -hmm. where i help them with their alumni so you've got young people that have learnt to develop um, skills in science tech engineering and finance Mm -hmm. And they go on all sorts of, you know, internships. But Generating Genius Alumni, which I'd recently launched for them, will bring them all together to continue um, building on that sort of knowledge and skills they've had over the years Mm -hmm. working with Generating Genius. And the third thing I do, which is kind of um, lumped under one heading, is everything I, I work towards is about assisting or supporting young people with their projects um, okay. so similar to you when you yeah. s- that's the reason why I spoke to you is because I'm very interested in the sort of social causes mm-hmm. that young people set out to do themselves to help the next generation mm-hmm. uh, so over the past number of years I've, I've been working with uh, numerous young people mm-hmm. and I've helped them to craft their projects so that they could then get funding or get support from other people yeah okay fantastic so there's definitely a, a theme running there of helping definitely. young people, which is, of course, how we got connected. And, um, yeah, thankful for that. So um, the way I do my interviews, I like to kind of start, talk about people's childhood and then make, make, make our mm. way up to the present again and then ask about the future. Um, so I, I know your parents are originally from the Caribbean, but I'm not sure where in the Caribbean. I think you told me before, but I've forgotten. Um, but I do understand that you grew up in in london in south london um tell me about that one where your parents from how did you end up in south london i know a lot of caribbean families when they moved here they moved to west london northwest london um and then 
a lot moved to like Brixton area, but from what I understand, you grew up in Peckham, so it's even, which is where all the Nigerians are from, at least yeah. from, from what I know. So, so just tell me about that. Okay, so I'm I'm through and through a South Londoner. Yeah, uh, as you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was. Uh, my parents are yes, you're quite right. Originally from Jamaica. Okay. And the part that they're from is a place called, is the centre, which is Kingston. However, you've got different parishes in Jamaica, Mm -hmm. and their parish is called St. Andrew. Uh, Now, at the time when they were growing up in St. Andrew, it was a very, it was not a very wealthy area. Mm -hmm. It was very, you know, pretty deprived, um, pretty run down. And I do recall going there when I was 16 um, to, to meet my grandmother and my family in Jamaica and thinking, get me out of this place. Yeah. Uh, but years later, you know, 20, 30 years later, that part of, of Jamaica is pretty, you know, it's up and up and coming. Lots of wealthy people and city people mm, go and live right, there. Okay. Um, my parents came to, I don't know how they landed or ended up in Peckham. Mm. They just happened to land in Peckham. I have no reason. I don't understand why. But yeah. um, uh, th- th- so that's where I was brought up. So I'm a Peckham, South Londoner through and through. I went to a school called Peckham Girls School. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know Peckham like the back of my hand. Yeah. So what what was Peckham like in in what the seventies? In in my day, it yeah. was it was I really liked it. Oh yeah. Um, number one, I lived across the road from my school. Okay, yeah, <laughs> so that's always convenient. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was a lovely community there because mm. our many of our uh, sort of aunts and uncles and cousins lived in that area. So whether yeah. it was Peckham or Dulwich, East Dulwich, yeah. West Dulwich, we all came. Yeah, I was, born in, I was born in East Dulwich. East Dulwich, um, yeah. Or I, I lived in East Dulwich when I was born yeah. and later Camberwell. So, yeah, sure. it's, it's all part of that kind of Peckham area. Yeah. Um, and I, at least, I mean, even now to some extent, no, it's, it's, it's a lot more gentrified now. It's, it's always been like a real hub of the black community. Um, I'm just curious, what was it like, this almost black bubble within a larger London? Of course, now there's a lot more there's a lot more of us um as in black people but at the time um i get the impression that there were certain hubs you could go to so if you went to peckham you're seeing black people if you went to tottenham you're seeing black people if you went to brixton but kind of outside of these hubs it wasn't there weren't as many so what what was the black community like almost growing up how was that experience what the experience for me was was you cannot walk down the road without somebody knowing you yeah or somebody contacting or telling your parents oh I just saw your daughter or your yeah. son yeah. walking in an air or work walking at a certain time where they shouldn't be out yeah, yeah you yeah. know that sort of thing sort so of it was, everyone kept an eye on each other everyone yeah. covered each other's back even the neighbor would beat you yeah if you were running out in the street or doing something bad yeah, yeah. so we always the community was very good neighbor neighbor love was the order of the game yeah. you know if you Sundays it would be spending times, you know, the 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 afternoon with the family. Yeah, yeah. There was none of this tech where you're on your phone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was talking, socializing, networking, yeah. eating, enjoying, learning to cook. You know, it was yeah. very, it was beautiful. I I enjoyed Peckham. Got you. And what was the relationship like between the Africans and the Caribbeans back then? I didn't have at the time. I didn't have any African friends. In Peckham, I don't I actually remember like there being like... many Africans in Peckham. Oh, seriously? I don't remember. Yeah. All the friends I had were either um, Asian, white, or Caribbean origin. Oh, is it? Interesting, because like, I, I, I just know Peckham for being Nigerian. Really, like even even to this day, like if 
if I'm walking down mm. the high street, my mum my, my knows all the, knows all the, um, where they from, Lebanese uh, butchers and stuff, and sure. they always be shouting out in Yoruba <laughs> and speaking to Yoruba with my mum and stuff like that. And I've always just had this really strong memory of like Peckham just being a, a mini Nigeria. Like it's like, because it, even growing up, I, I used to go to like a, a kind of house fellowship, house church, yeah. which was called Peckham Fellowship mm-hmm. because they're all from Peck and they all lived within that zone. Yes. So, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually realise that, I, I guess they must have all come at a particular time I or think, something. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I believe so. Yeah. Um, because, because uh, I was born in the 60s. So, yeah. So growing up in Peckham, I think for the first sort of 10 years of my life. Yeah. There wasn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or maybe all. we just didn't notice. Yeah, I don't know. Because really to me, everybody was black. It wasn't yeah, like, oh, you're, that. Nigerian or you're Ghanaian or you're from Ethiopia yeah, or that yeah, yeah. everybody or you're Jamaican or this mm. everybody was black yeah, I didn't yeah, see yeah. any differences at all got you so mm. how did you obviously I know I know that you work for the voice magazine and you work for um, pride magazine as well Correct. Um, how, how did you get into that oh, again that I, I guess going back to my earlier question you're coming from this re- really black community um, and then you've gone on to work for these magazines that again serve the black community. How did you, how did you transition from? Well, I don't know what you were doing before that, but you know, how did you end up there, really? Sure. So, so before the, uh, you know, working in the black community before that, I worked in the white community. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so when I when I did my A levels, I, I I went as far as A levels, yeah. and then. Um, when I did that, I went to work for the Home Office for a while. Okay. And then sort of potted around for a bit, you know, trying to work out what is it that I really want to do. Yeah. And then stumbled across something called telemarketing selling. Yep. So in the daytime, I'd go to work full time because mm-hmm. my mum said, make sure you got a full time job. But yeah. in the evenings, I'd leave work and go and do um, four hours an evening uh, selling on the phone. Yeah, yeah. You know, those annoying calls you yeah, get yeah, from yeah, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. in my day, it was a new thing. So okay, people would yeah, talk to you. you. <laughs> yeah, okay, got you, got you. Got they me. wouldn't buy your number. Yeah. Uh, remember those days, it was the dial phone dial anyway. Phone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the push button. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I started off uh, in the sort of um, the, the, the national sector. So the mm-hmm. Home Office working for the government. I even worked for the examination board worked at uh, doing telemarketing and sales. I did all sorts of different Mm. things. And one thing that I realized was that I liked selling. Mm -hmm. I liked just trying to get things off people. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then I came across uh, The Voice Mm -hmm. by pure accident. It wasn't... um, So had it been running for a long time before you came across it? It started in 1982. Mm. I believe it was 1981 or 1982. Uh, that The Voice was set up by a chap called Val McCalla. And I joined in 1989, Okay, I believe, yeah. Okay. 1986, 1989. Yeah. So um, it's been going for some time. Yeah, so it was the, when I went for the interview, I was like, oh my God, what's this dive? It's awful. Because yeah. it was based in Bow, and it was like, okay, it, was yeah. in, it was in the kind of like a house with floors. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Accounts was in the basement. Okay. My department was with editor on the second floor. It was actually a house. Yeah. With four stories on Bow Bow Road. <laughs> um, and I could remember going in for the interview and actually thinking, let's see what Seriously. happens. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I stayed there for nine years. Okay. 
I enjoyed it that much, you yeah. know, moved with them to Brixton because it used to also have an office on Cold, Cold Harbour Lane. Yeah. It's gone now. Okay. Um, but we moved to Cold Harbour Lane and I remember getting my first property near there in Camberwell. Okay, okay. And again... I lived in Camberwell. Well, well, oh, yeah. you lived in Camberwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> South London, yeah. Oh, bless. Yeah, so, so that's how I got into the community. I stayed for nine years, but then I went back into the... Uh, what do you call it? Corporate national sector. Yeah. To get more experience okay. and network and so meet new people. I know Pride magazine. It's, it's funny actually. The first time I prepared for this interview, I thought Pride magazine was a gay magazine. So I was going to sure. ask what the what the relationship was between the black, whether there was a relationship between the black and the gay community. But uh, obviously, I know it's not a gay. <laughs> it's not a gay magazine now. But um, how? So, um, I never thought of that. We didn't call people. We didn't associate pride with Yeah, I know. Funny enough, LGBT. two of my friends, one, one of which was supposed to be here, but she couldn't make it, unfortunately. But they'd been in Pride magazine. They told me, oh, they were in Pride magazine. And I, was, I was wondering why they were in an LGBT magazine until, until I found out it was a magazine for black women. But, um, That's a good one. Maybe they should rebrand. <laughs> were, 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 was it jointly owned or something? Yes. I so the Voice newspaper owned quite a few other offshoot titles. Yeah. Um, so one was Pride magazine, one was Weekly Journal. Got there was something else as well. Chic, like Chic magazine was another one. Okay. Um, that we did, but yeah. So I because I worked in advertising, I yeah. worked across all the titles. So you'd sell, you. you'll do. So we call it multi-selling. And so on a day to day, what does that look like? What, what so was your job? for me, um, so I ran the team. Yeah. So it would be you had your prospect list, and you'd be pitching, or you'd be going out in meetings, presenting the voice yeah uh you'd be going to different functions so where a black business would open up they'd ask one of us to come along to come and along, eat the food yeah. i had a good time i can I'd imagine go to, i was vips in all uh, the yeah, clubs I can, imagine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine um and i'm just curious was there any pushback from like the rest of society about having like a a black owned newspaper it's almost you know like the argument is black history month now um, and lots of, you, you might hear uh, people say, oh, why do you need a Black History Month? There's not a White History Month. Did you get that kind of pushback about why do you need a black magazine? There's not yes, a white magazine. Yes, of course, magazine. all the time. And, and, and yeah. how did you sort of overcome that? What was your what was your response? Well, the good thing was the uh, founder and the chief executive at the time, Val McCalla, God rest his soul, he's, he's died very early, actually. Oh. Um, but he was focused on what we needed to do with The Voice because there was no other title like it. Mm. Okay, I think you had the Caribbean Times and the gleaner mm. but they weren't quite um appealing to the young audience so yeah your me generation at, yeah. my generation at that time yeah. whereas the voice did it had entertainment section it had a gospel section in sports mm. up-to-date news and everything so val was very focused on what it needed to do so therefore the pushback or the the issues we had particularly me working ad advertising was pitching to the corporate yeah corporate Com to companies yeah. so where I'd go in to talk to I don't know call it um, Vodafone for example yeah. I don't think they existed at the time but anyway let's say I went in to pitch for Vodafone and one of those companies they'd say well black people read the standard or they read yeah. the Guardian um, so most of the selling we did was mainly with recruitment okay. recruitment ads because a lot of the times people were very much about diversity back then got you, got you, got you. Um, oh, so we'd be able to sell ads for jobs and 
Restaurant, Your know, job ads, and we had a lot of black businesses advertising their restaurants. <coughs> mm. You know, different hair products was a big thing, mm. so that's why I suppose Chic came along and Pride. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, we had a advertising was lucrative back in those yeah. days. Yeah, very interesting. Um, and then I I think you left there eventually and went yes. on to Time Magazine. Right? Yes. So, so I what, um, what was it like now going again going from sort of building this 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 real team in, 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 in again in the black community and then going quote unquote corporate where it's like you know coming out of the black community and now selling out to well not selling sure. out sorry selling to everybody what was sure. what was that experience like how, how did it compare what made you decide you wanted to move on sure. all that sort of stuff um, I was fortunate enough to have a mentor who when she came to The Voice she noticed that she obviously noticed something about me that mm. needed to grow a bit more mm -hmm. Uh, so obviously by that time I was at The Voice for about eight years and she came mm. along and the first thing she said to me was, Veronica, you need to leave yeah. because I was not growing. So in any sort of career, you, you know, you, you go into, yeah, you ought you to always to, be growing. Yeah. If you start, if it becomes stagnating, yeah. and stagnating, that you're doing yourself a disservice and yeah. that's exactly what she said to me. So in fact, it, it was the first, I mean, it was quite amazing where uh, she arranged a meeting with a headhunter I don't know if you know what headhunters yeah, are. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, so I remember going to the hotel in Knightsbridge and this amazing woman sat and spoke to me about what I wanted to do in five years' time. Yeah. Some of the, you know, talking to me about the skills I have and what big sales have I made recently. Yeah. I had that meeting. Then she referred me on to Time magazine. Yeah. And I was interviewed by a, a panel of white blokes. Yeah. And um, How did that feel? That was, I like showing off. Okay, That's yeah. the thing, yeah, I like yeah. that. Because you've done it, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I've done it. So there was nothing, I wasn't afraid. It, yeah, wasn't, yeah, it was just obviously them having the first black woman yeah, working their team because yeah. there was no other black people yeah. in advertising oh, in the UK. So they took me on. Yeah. You know, and I knew who I was up against because I saw them in the interview yeah. room. Yeah. Um, so they took me on and I remember the first day feeling like this is where I'm meant to be. Mm. It was just, it was... It just felt natural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and how was it? How it, was your It was the there? most amazing, I wouldn't change it for the world. It yeah. was the most eye-opening, enlightening. All, the, all these adjectives, like why, why was it eye-opening? Because why was I it met was... so many people in different parts of the world. Mm. Uh, my induction was in New York. Mm. That was before so that's, the... That's, that's yeah, I was already, out in yeah. New York all the time. Conferences were in, you know, in Greece or Spain mm. or Dubai or different parts yeah, of the world yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it and I remember I, they made a they actually it was quite I'm just thinking about it now actually because you brought, just brought memory back because I remember my first month mm. and the I think it was a chairman or chief exec of global time globals coming over and they chose me to do the in, oh, the introduce him yeah, and yeah, it was okay, in front of all these people yeah, yeah, yeah and i think at the time i was it was before the kids so i would have been about 22 23 oh wow and um i had to introduce him but i realized that actually that's probably because i was black yeah yeah because it was yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> they can add to their it was diversity a show they were diverse yeah. got you with the one <laughs> their token <laughs> mind you there was a lady who i'm still friends with in marketing she was yeah. black so when i started we were we were like the group. So there's a lady that worked in finance and every lunchtime or tea time, we, us three would congregate around yeah, the photocopier. Yeah, 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 yeah. And have your little sesh. 
So I, I, I didn't realise you were so young. So how old were you I when you started? I must have been that because I had the voice at 28. So how old were you when you started at um, The Voice then? I would have been about... No, actually, let's correct the numbers. Because yeah. <laughs> I've got to go back because if I started... I had my kids at 25, so when I was at The Voice, I hadn't had them. Oh, I did have them. No, I had the kids at 28. Okay. You might have to cut this bit out because I'm going <laughs> to do my maths. I would have been about 19. Got you. Okay. okay. 18 or 19, so wouldn't see, I? So you really joined it when you were young and, and I'm going to have to go really and do some maths, you. you know. Because <laughs> I had the boys at 25. No, I, was, I met their dad at 25, had them at 28. Prior to that, I was in advertising for nine years. So okay, twenty eight take twenty one. So, yeah, I was yeah. young. I didn't even. Yeah. It it didn't even. Yeah, it didn't click. Until but you said. I mean, that's that's the more I think about it, because I mean, as a teenager, as 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 a really young yeah. adult, you must have been going to like really important meetings, meeting with really senior people. As you said, you were getting wined and dined yeah. and all that type of stuff, and then headhunted off to you know uh, just out of curiosity, what I didn't what even what think what was that. that like? Sort of being really young really successful really part of the community as well at the time um and a woman how did people react to you respond to you was it a thing for you or did you kind of just you were just living your life i was just enjoying it and plus at the you know i was that remember i came from peckham yeah 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 yeah. you know and actually have you know eventually my mum and dad did divorce so we were brought up in a single parent household okay yeah so all i was used to is my mum working hard yeah 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 work hard you know get your education you know live life you know she's really good like that yeah um so i didn't it's only now that i'm sitting here with you damini that i've thinking that I was young yeah 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 because you were really young because in my mind I thought I thought you probably joined time when you were like 28 29 like much much later no because I remember when because I had when I had the I had the boys when I was at the voice and then um when I was at time traveling all over the world that's one Mm. of the reasons why I left Mm -hmm. because they didn't know who I was Mm, mm. I'd be gone and then come back going off meetings and things coming home late um going to awards and things they didn't even know who i was got you and so how how did becoming a mother impact you just in general uh initially it didn't i didn't realize it actually had to bring them up yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like i've done my job they're born now before i get too old (laughs) because at the time you know having kids at 30 was old okay yeah yeah, yeah. um because even i remember having them at 28 everyone's like oh a bit old to have kids yeah but now everyone's having kids at 40 50 Um, but at the time I just thought let me I want to still have my career but I also want to have the kids at the same time for me I always I always felt you can have your cake and eat it too yeah I feel like that as well I'm not going to lie yeah Yeah. I I just think you could do anything and you know there's a way around it where there's a will there's a way that's exactly I always (laughs) say that to my staff at work where there's a will there's a way yeah exactly so um so sorry, what was the question again? Uh, I th- I th- it was just how did, how did becoming a mother impact you? Yeah, so so it, it didn't impact me initially. Yeah. So although yes, I carried them for eight months. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> and that impacted me a yeah, lot. Yeah, because <laughs> it was twins. Yeah, um, and yeah. then I was it's one of these sport mothers. You know, okay. the mothers who you know she walked too far. She'd go, I can't walk anymore. <laughs> so I remember my my partner at the time. We had we weren't married then. Yeah, we got married later. But he had to drop me to work yeah, and pick me up. Yeah, and, oh, uh, so spot. 
and then um <laughs> he then he then looked after them whilst okay, i went yeah. to work okay yeah so it didn't impact me for the first three years of their life yeah interesting yeah. and what what was it like as well again being being a successful black woman i, I hear women often say um black women especially that being successful at a young age they find that a lot of men are kind of intimidated by them or 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 almost especially given i think we've even i'm I'm not sure if we've spoken about it we might have but given um the disparity in that sort of educational attainment and achievement as well often uh when you compare black women and black men was that a thing then or 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 did you kind of just meet each other fall in love and and the fairy tale. My husband was perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> but I I could talk to you about the men yeah. um that I ex black men. You're talking about black men yeah, or yeah, men black, per se. Well, uh, black men to be honest. Black, but it could um, have been black any. men that I experienced in yeah. my um early career, it wasn't yeah. nice. I remember yeah. actually crying most of the days. So oh, I'd seriously? I'd be sort of running a team and I was a younger yeah, than quite of course, a few yeah. of them and particularly the chaps and I remember just being in a really um, desperate situation where it was it was like you wouldn't get emotional in front of them, but you mm. just run to the toilet and just yeah, calmly, there, you know, yeah. and then have a good cry and then come out again. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was. It, it they didn't make it. I'm not saying I'm not a few of them mm, wasn't yeah, all the time, but one, yeah. many of them didn't make it easy for at us all. women. I can at imagine. All. I can at imagine. So how long were you at Time for then? So I was at Time for about f- almost four years. Okay. Lasted okay. four years because I just couldn't cope. Why? Why did you say that? Or what does I that couldn't mean? cope with not um, the boys not knowing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my and then them yeah. being ill. So there's times where I'd be at a Munich beer festival with my yeah. clients. Yeah. And I remember my PA calling me and saying, "Your sons are ill. Yeah. One of them's ill. Yeah. And someone needs to pick them up. Yeah." And then dad would have to pick, have to them, up. pick them up. Yeah, it was just too. It was imagine. just too ridiculous. I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. So, how did? Because um, I, I I don't know if you went straight into working for charities. You've worked for so many different charities. Yes. Um, like so many. Yes. <laughs> it's almost too many um, yeah. to mention. But what, 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 what was, was it because of your sons that you went from corporate to, to the charity sector? Yeah, Did I you go straight to the charity sector? <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought, I, you know, it, it was so so different in those days because I remember at the time picking up The Guardian yeah. and just closing my eyes and going like that. Seriously. And then I thought, well, as long as it's in South East London, because then yeah. I could pick the boys up from school. Because yeah. everything I do is for my convenience. Yeah, yeah. I, do every, I even do that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, everything has to fit has around to fit me. Around you, yeah. So, uh, so uh, I went for the interview, and I didn't know it was a charity. Mm. It's oh, okay. long. It said something about you need to be able to present yeah. and, and speak to people at different levels. I thought, yeah, that's me. That's what I've been doing. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. The salary was half what I was getting. Or yes, less. seriously. There was no company car because at the time I had everything. I had yeah. Amex, company car, um, big salary plus bonus and commission. Mm. Tra- you know, I'd go anywhere in the world. So this was a big, big, big drop. Yeah. Um, you know, and it really literally broke me financially. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so started off in something called the National Association of Boys Clubs. Yeah. And when was that? 1999? Seriously. God. Yeah. <laughs> that long ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, um, to, to take a bit of a step back, actually, it's, it's not something I had on my list, but um, I'm sure 
uh, a lot of my listeners would want me to ask is um because there's an interesting sort of balance between motherhood or, f- or 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 having a family versus a career um it sounds like that was a very for you it became a very stark it's one or the other is it possible do you think sort of looking now and as time's progressed as well do you think that's something that women really have to consider about in terms of what they want to do and 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 how far they want to go and whether they have to make any sacrifices in terms of family do you think times have changed relative to 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 when when it was your time i I guess i'm just trying to explore that understand understand. i think i think for me personally it was it was a challenge because i although i was well off financially income wise yeah i wasn't well off enough to have an au pair for example yeah 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 whereas yeah. other women who are very successful work they in the city that, they yeah. can afford it yeah, yeah yeah um and also as time went on my partner my partner and i well we got back together afterwards but we did split up for a mm. while but we got back together the kids died we got back together yeah. again okay. but there was a period where i had to take care of them myself got you got you got you. um would i change it no for me i believe in giving your child as much as he can yeah as much attention particularly young boys yeah, yeah i definitely. personally i definitely feel that Most definitely. I, I would i mean the school every teacher knew my name yeah and that was the benefit of, of working in the situation yeah. where i chose that job yeah i knew where i was working i knew i could bring them into the office and whatever mm. i as a parent you need to you're bringing these children into the world so you need to give them yeah that attention and that yeah. the love they need you can't leave your child yeah just with any old people I to couldn't do, do to, that to but each to their own yeah, i know people that have done it successfully but yeah, yeah yeah you know i couldn't possibly have for me the, the I, I feel that i've done what i need to do in my career yeah yeah i get that and my sons needed that support now, right yeah i understand that um yeah, so, so going back to the timeline then. Uh, so you started working for charities, charity yes. sector. Yeah. How did that go? Like I said, you've honestly worked for so many yeah, different I know, charities. Yeah, I love it. Um, it. What, what's, what's that been like? I mean, I guess to some extent that's kind of what you do now yeah. as well. So w- what has that been like? How has that experience been? Work, working in the um, charity sector, not-for-profit sector, it, again, it just... I love learning. I love growing. I love being enlightened. I love... I love people yeah and so work in the charity sector was ideal for me as well Mm. you know selling as you know as you know is about meeting people networking charity sector was just as good yeah and also meeting people that are racist I mean I remember the first (laughs) charity I worked with it was all these old grumpy posh men okay yeah and they all fell asleep in meetings because they were all over 70 yeah, yeah and they'd never heard or they didn't know a black person could have a posh voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I walked, in fact, they didn't Just even challenged. know that I was black when I went for Got the you. interview because yeah, yeah. it was on the phone. I see, yeah. So they just assumed you they were white. They just woman, assumed yeah. I was white. So yeah. as soon as I came into the office, around like, this big table with all the trustees, like 10 of them, and then yeah. the blonde lady who was going to be my boss, they were like, huh? What's going on? <laughs> And how did you react to that, being a black woman? I in the loved it. I oh, like yeah. attention. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it works for you. I hear that fully. I hear that fully. So that was fine. But no, for me, the the charity sector, call it, people call it voluntary sector, not yeah. for profit, it suits me to the T. Why do you say that? Because it's all about 
people. Giving back, yeah. receiving, meeting lots of amazing people, doing extraordinary things and helping, because National Association of Boys Clubs was helping young people. Mm-hmm. So it's perfect. And and was it fundraising still and advertising yes. you doing there? Yeah, it was fundraising. Got so sim- similar to advertising, you're yeah. selling. Got you're you. selling, but this time you're selling a service. And what, who were the kind of charities that you were working for, just for the purpose? So all the charities. So from there, I then went on to uh, work for Brain and Spine Foundation, yep. uh, Motor Neuron Disease Association, uh, Drake Music, Specialist Schools Academies. <laughs> yeah. all of them. So many different. I ones. even worked for Famous Persons Charity actually. Um, that was through consulting. Oh yeah. Uh, now I'm at Leeds. So where was I before that? Gosh, I can't remember. I should have put so my what, CV. Were you, were you getting headhunted or were you just leaving? Were you getting bored with it? Was it just... Yeah, I need to always grow. Yeah, I'm like that as well. I've never yeah. stayed in a job for longer than 18 yeah. months. Yeah. Um, I need to always grow. Yeah. Alito's the longest since The Voice. Yeah. But that's because it's exactly what I like. Yeah, got you. Yeah. And so if you were to like take a random guess, mm. how much money do you reckon you've raised for, wow. for all the companies? Yeah. So both... Both in terms of the voice, yeah. Uh, so gosh, in terms of the corporate world and well. the charity world, oh my gosh! Over the course of the I don't know twenty thirty. What an amazing question! Years, how much money do you reckon you've probably raised? I mean, it, it's got to be in the tens of millions. It's got to be in the. Tens it's got to be in the millions because I definitely helped to raise yeah a, a million in one go yeah and that's yeah. with the wealthy lady yeah uh, and that was one of my charities and then another one where it was half a million yeah. So with advertising and gosh, that's a very good question. It's got to be in the millions. Yeah. And over my lifetime, so from the age of eighteen all yeah. the way through to now. Yeah. Crazy. And um what in in terms of was it was it a lot of um is it is it like writing grants and writing proposals or is it more kind of face to face meeting, talking? All what, of that. Everything. Yeah, my first with the first charity I worked with, it was <coughs> uh mainly writing. Bid yeah. writing, which was perfect. Yeah. Because I learned how to craft grant applications. Yeah. I then met people that were giving the funding and mm-hmm. I could understand how that operated. Yeah. And because of that experience, I then got a job with another chat, Brain and Spine, where I was actually the manager. I got you. Uh, and actually, that was my first mentoring, actually, when I went to, went to work for that charity where I got a men- mentee. Okay. Uh, so who but, are you mentoring? Uh, Oh, it was a lovely Scottish lass, um, okay. and uh, she's the first young lady I mentored. She's now doing really well. She's grown up, got kids, yeah, got you know husband, yeah, lives in yeah. Ireland, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Grown so it's my first mentee, yeah, uh, but and um, first of dozens, I'm sure, because well, yeah, I, mean, I know what you do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got t- even even uh, Veronica invited me to um, what's it called? Uh, it was like a black black women's business award. Oh, like, you mean I invited you? Yeah, you, um, you invited me to it. In to um, women in um, sorry, win win trade. Yes, that's, that's Yvonne the one, to- yeah. Dr. Yvonne Thompson's yeah, event. Yeah, yeah, and you were uh, on my table. Yeah, yeah, I was on your table. Thank you so yeah. much for that. My pleasure. And, um, yeah, I met lots of young yeah. people who've all been me- mentored through a letter or through you directly. Yeah. So, um, I guess on behalf of young people, thank you for oh, for the impact you've had on on so many of oh, our lives. Thank you. Um, I was going to say, sort of, given given your experience doing a lot of fundraising and all that type of stuff, um, young a lot of us millennials now are constantly putting out content and building platforms for ourselves. Um, 
I'm doing it through this podcast. Mm-hmm. I've got lots of friends who do mm-hmm. different podcasts or YouTube YouTube shows or, or whatever the case may be. Um, and as we're looking to monetize it, we're looking towards advertising. I was just wondering kind of what kind of advice you might give us um, as younger people in terms of going out there, trying to get money, trying to, trying to, trying to also trying to build a platform that people actually want to advertise quite, on. Quite. In terms of, uh, I would call it... Um, sustaining what you do and growing it i always say to my young people that there's power in your network Mm. so if you look at what happens now say for example you put out something on crowdfunding or one of the platforms you'd raise the money yeah every most of the young people i know if they're going to raise money to do their masters or their project they crowdfund for it Mm. but also when you go to events like awards or balls and things like that it's extraordinary what you get out of it actually particularly if you approach it in a certain way Mm. uh so i know of uh young people have gone along been sat on it and i always make sure when i'm organizing anything that my young people sit with people that could potentially help them yeah um, and so many of them have, have raised money for their masters just by somebody next to them saying, what are you doing now to help them? Seriously. And they get money. Yeah. It happens constantly over and over and over again. Yeah, okay, well, it's, um, definitely I would say it's really worth it. I mean, there's, there's a key thing here is there's lots more opportunities to meet people of wealth and influence, mm. particularly in our community. Mm-hmm. You just need to know which ones to invest in as a young person if you've got 100 pound or 150 pounds yeah go to at least two awards dues a year yeah where they're going to be people um much more experienced than you done it before gone there and you go yeah just invest 150 pound a year and go to two so whether it's the black British Business Awards or... Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to go to that. was yeah. a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, or something else. Yeah. But make sure you always go to uh, events where there's people that are in business and industry. Mm. Ernst and Young Ball was mm. a couple of days ago. I went there, brought oh. a young person with me. Yeah. Um, and that, the ticket was £70. Yeah. It yeah, is a good investment. Yeah, yeah, it's worth it. Seventy pounds in yeah, and then you the get ten times that, yeah. and the contacts, and yeah, the connections, yeah, and the network, yeah, okay, it is definitely. worth it. And they love young people. Yeah, they they love. That's one thing I've best. noticed with this podcast is is just the willingness of people to 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 be interviewed. I, I spoke to Dr. Von Thompson as well. Ho- hopefully, we'll have her next week. I'm not sure if if if, if the schedule's going to work because it is far for her to to commute out to. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I've just found every time I speak to people, they're just they're really excited to to give back, Absolutely. to have that conversation. Um, and again, Doctor Von Thompson, I'm someone so you put me in touch with. So, um, yeah, yeah for, again, fra- <laughs> thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I've got more names, you know me. I've got loads. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I know um, you've been a uh, you kind of gone from doing a lot of the fundraising work. I think you still do as well, but now you're a trustee on lots of different charities as well. What what does that actually mean? Just one. Oh, just one. Oh, <laughs> well, sorry, actually two. Sorry. Okay. Um, I, I, thought, I thought it was like four or five. But no, um, no, um, no. What is a trustee? So, so a trustee uh, handles the what you call the governance or deals with the governance of a charity. So okay. where you have a chief exec mm-hmm. of a not for profit charity you'll have the trustees who are like a board of directors that yeah. oversee it yeah, yeah and they're meant to meet regularly to ensure the charity's operating Got in an efficient way uh they talk about the finances they talk about the strategy mm-hmm. 
and it's almost like a way for the chief exec to bounce off these brains yeah, yeah, yeah. experts okay that makes good sense yeah that makes good sense um and so is, gener is generating genius one of them i used to be a trusty way back in the back, well, in, the back day, in the day but now what i'm i'm a consultant for them okay, so uh so i get paid yeah, um yeah. to develop so to de a okay, particular project so um i think generating genius i can't fully remember but i remember as a as a teenager i think i went to my school or something to the house of commons um and uh dr tony Siegel mm. was there mm -hmm. talking um i never signed up or anything like that but i just remember that being aware Good. of them from f f for like 10 10 plus years oh, and if i remember correctly it's like <laughs> a charity that i think it was initially developed to to sort of generate Genius, genius, quote unquote, yeah. amongst um, young black boys. Correct. I don't know if it was boys specifically. It was just, boys, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember talking to you about it, and you'd said how you you were involved right from yes. day one. So, one, what what was that? What was that like? W yeah. What made you want to do that? And then two, I remember you saying that um, specifically targeting young black boys became a problem for fundraising. Yes. Um, so to speak about that and okay. how you kind of so that. what what why was I involved so so Tony Saul used to work with me at The Voice. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's a small world. So how do you pronounce this? Sewell. Oh, Sewell. Okay, um, used to work with me at The Voice, so he was on editorial. Even Doctor Yvonne Thompson was my client. Okay, she yeah, worked in imagine, marketing, yeah. and she was she okay, set up the you. Choice FM. Yeah, yeah. So I a lot of people I would know got them you. from way back when. But yeah, so generating genius, it's all about ensuring that young it, so it was predominantly for caribbean boys okay caribbean heritage because at the time in 2005 they were not getting the grades in yep, yep. sciences and maths okay so it's very stem focused it was stem it is okay. stem focused okay, so generating okay. genius is all about um creating the next generation of stem leaders just just for context stem is uh, science technology engineering and maths correct so yeah go on. yeah and so the maths encompasses in finance yeah, as well yeah. so okay. so it was set up for you know just so for black boys so that was a pilot actually that lasted for a, a three four five years i think okay and the success of that um, meant that uh, Dr. Saul can then expand it out to girls. Okay. Because got we got some funding from Google. Oh, fantastic. And then from Shout there, it got expanded Google. out to all ethnic uh, minorities okay. from disadvantaged backgrounds. Okay, got you. Yeah. And how's that, how's that defined? It's brilliant. How's that quantified? Uh, sorry, how's it quantified? Uh, as in a disadvantaged background so where they haven't either their parents haven't gone to university okay or they're on in the old it, back in the day it was free school meals yeah yeah that was but the, now it's something else i think okay there's yeah another, but i know the I, area I know you come you from okay got you got you uh so so it's a lot lot different now but what yeah. i love about generating genius is that you've got junior genius which is for the uh year year nine sorry year 10 to 12 okay and then you've got uni genius for those who are doing their A levels okay. and going on to university. Yeah. And then I've just launched their new program, brand yep. new, called Alumni Genius, which okay. is for those that are at university or are working in the STEM industry. Got you. And so, what's what's what is it that you're working on? Okay, now? so what I'm working yeah. on, I was hoping you say that. So <laughs> what I'm working on is for Alumni Genius to remain connected and to help each other to further their careers. Yeah. So whether they, when they go to university, they'll meet another alumni genius mm -hmm. or they'll meet somebody when they go to work at JP Morgan, one of those companies, yeah. somebody that is an, an alumni. Part of the network, yeah. So it keeps them part of that 
that whole because yeah. it's really important your community and your oh, network definitely, is so yeah. important but the other key thing that alumni genius will do is to support them in getting getting into a career in stem because okay, a lot of our young people still do not understand that networking is really important yeah and that if you go to do a a situational test online or psychometric yeah. test and you don't understand you it. You don't understand I'll it, ask yeah. somebody. Because they'll be able to say. It's interesting, uh, and ironically, you put me in touch with both of them. Um, no, you, you put me in touch with Janet Tom. Yes. No, ja- well, no, Janet, Janet put me in touch with you, um, but I met you through Janet, and then Janet invited Michelle Levy, I don't know if you know her, um, who was actually the first interviewee, and both of them are setting up a, a network for... for um, Young women. black women. I yeah. can't remember what it's called. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Um but um yes, yeah, it's, it's it's just interesting how uh there is sort of this underlying theme of the importance of networking, the importance of who you know who you know exactly and, and building that network yeah. to, to sort of further further us as individuals and, and as a community ultimately. So um so I know after after or not after I, to be honest, I don't know where it was on the timeline, but I know at some point you went to uni after 20 years of, 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 of working in the field. What made you want to go back to uni? Oh, uni. Gosh, yeah, that university. was in between everything else. Yeah, so <laughs> what, what made you decide, all right, I'm going back to uni? Okay. Especially after building so much experience. And yeah. what is the sort of, um, what's the balance between education versus experience yeah. as well? Like, okay, let's see. So I went back to, remember I finished my A-levels and I went straight into work. Yeah. So whilst I was at Time Magazine, I went to uni. Okay, got you. So, um, but still, that's what, like maybe nine, ten years into your career? Or was it straight when you started? So I'm asking two it would number have been, questions. It might, I should have bought my CV. <laughs> um, it would have been a year or two whilst I was there. At time, so 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 uh, quite quite a while into yeah. working. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So um, given all of this experience and it's really good experience, um, why why go back? To, why start? Because I like I need my brain challenged constantly. Got you. And I want I always like I always like to be known as the expert. Mm-hmm. So the the degree i did was in advertising and marketing mm. and uh i wanted people to know that yeah i can sell practically i can sell mm. um no i haven't got an a level in selling but i got a degree in yeah. marketing and advertising yeah um also i then went off and did a master's because i also wanted to be seen as an expert because my mm. master's was in fundraising and charity marketing got you so I needed people to see again that yeah she's great at fundraising or whatever. So it, it almost sounds like you were good at it, but then you wanted the backup. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah. did you feel like you learned a lot, or was yeah. it more just a great stamp? No, no, no. You learn a lot. Yeah. When you do any kind of studying, yeah. I, I, that's why people do MBAs. Yeah, of course. I can't afford to do an MBA yet. Yeah, uh, Janet, was talk- <laughs> Janet was talking about doing her MBA and how important that was and how that yeah, she pretty did much an changed MBA, everything yeah. for her. It does, it changes your life. Yeah. Apparently, the people I know that have done an MBA, they're, they're so networked in now. Yeah, yeah that's exactly it's what crazy. Janet said, yeah. That's exactly what... Unfortunately, yeah. I haven't been able to put out Janet's interview, actually, because, um, well, for whatever reason, I've, I haven't been able to put that one out, but I, I do hope to put that one out soon. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she, de- she definitely spoke about doing yeah. an MBA. Highly recommended. Yeah. So, so do you, would, would, you, MBA, yeah. would you recommend that people sort of, that, again, for, for a lot of millennials I know, um, a lot of us have done an undergraduate degree and gone straight into work or have done a master straight after and gone into work. Um, would you encourage people to, at, 
once they reach a certain point in their career, go back to education, sort of skill up, level up, and then go yeah, back to the workforce. Yeah, and you can do it at the same time. I mean, yeah. millennials are so fortunate nowadays. If I wanted to do a, a course, I had to go to an adult learning centre. Mm, so yeah. even, you know, I went off and did, um, when I started at Alito, yeah. I thought, I better go and do one of those teacher-type courses in the evenings. And that's yeah. what I was doing. Um, but um, millennials now, you can use Udemy, yeah, LinkedIn do courses. Online, yeah. You could do it all online. Yeah, you actually can buy it from Groupon. Yeah, literally. We yeah. couldn't. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, <laughs> so and I still go world, on courses. Yeah. I still go on half day training. Mm. It's just important to level up. Yeah, always. Yeah, I yeah. hear that fully. And it keeps your brain ticking over. Yeah, definitely, definitely, mm. definitely. Um, and so, how did how did you then end up with the um, working for what at the time was the Powerless Foundation, okay. now is the Erect, uh, Aleto, yes. is it Aleto or Alito? Alito, Alito yeah. Foundation, how, how did that all come about? That was all by accident again. Okay. I know it sounds like I plan everything, but well. I don't. <laughs> Sometimes the opportunity just it knocks just your arises, door, you just yeah. got to open it. <laughs> yeah, sorry, so, um, I beg your pardon my water. So with the... Thank you. Sorry, So with, with, um, with Powerlist, I remember it was an occasion where I was on, just on my way on ho- to go on holiday, because every year I go to Jamaica, but I haven't been for a year and a bit, which is mm. not good. Uh, so everyone, I was just getting ready to go, so it's a couple of days before going to Jamaica, or a week I think maybe, and I got a call from a friend who used to work at The Voice as well. Okay. But we're all older now, and she's gone yeah. and done her stuff. Well, in fact, she works at um, Powerlist magazine. Okay, yeah. So she gives me a call, and she goes, Veronica, we're looking for someone to run this charity we're about to set up. I said, great, do you need me to recommend anyone? She goes, no, I was hoping you'd apply. Yeah, yeah. I went, well, what is it about then? Because yeah. by then I was working for uh, national charities, predominantly white, yeah. disability charities, medical charities, arts charities. I wasn't thinking about coming into the black community me, yeah. um, to focus on the black community because I'd already done that, been there, done it, all yeah. the teacher. Um, I was more interested in disability, the arts, yeah. you know, um, creative stuff. Um, anyway, so I thought, oh, God, okay, I'll do her a favour and go along for an interview. Yeah. And at the time I met the uh, CEO of the magazine, Michael yeah. Iboda. Yeah, yeah. And my friend. And then I had to go for another interview with Sir Kenneth Olisa. Yeah. And that's when I fell in love with Alito. <laughs> oh, got you, got you. It was Sir Kenneth. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get a he's date so with him amazing. as well, actually, yeah. Oh, so he, he told me his passion for the charity is extraordinary. So he's mm. the chairman yeah. of, of, at the time it's called Powerless, now called Alito. Yeah. But his passion and why they needed this charity yeah. convinced me that this is where I'm meant to be. Got you. And I realised, and as you know, it's nine years later. Yeah. So I've been there since 2010. I feel right. So nine years, eight, eight years eight later, years I'm later. still there and I'm still there because every year I get a new cohort of young people yeah. that keep me kind of... So what, what, what exactly is it that, that the foundation does okay. and what, what exactly is it that you do within the foundation? Okay, so the foundation does um, <coughs> leadership development uh, of young people through training course, boot camp, mm-hmm. uh, mentoring, so a series of mentors that help them during the leadership programme and also we have an alumni network mm. which has various activities and events that brings them all together. Mm-hmm. What I do specifically, my role is to focus on the summer leadership program and fundraising. Oh, and I deal with all the governance and finance. 
Okay, so you got quite wide. Yeah, which I like. Run. I love yeah. everyone, everyone. Anyone who knows me knows Veronica doesn't like. She likes doing lots of stuff. Okay, okay. So Have you not heard the saying? You. If you want anything done, give it to someone that's already got a lot of stuff. They yeah, do. yeah, You've heard she, that's yeah, that. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got you. Um, and then, yeah, I wanted to ask about Hidden Figures UK. So I know, oh, I know yes. that's something that we we'd connected. Yes, on. yes. Um, obviously. Uh, yeah, I think what I said, I had Hidden Figures podcast, and you're like, oh, that's great. That was I'm about such to do a coincidence, wasn't UK. it? Yeah, it was. So if Gosh. you could tell us a bit about that. I, d- okay. I don't know whether there's stuff in the pipeline. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's still there, but yeah. I'm also working on other projects at yeah. the same time. But Hidden Figures is still needed, and mm-hmm. the reason why is because every year I see the same people over and over again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's people getting this awards over and over again. Yeah, yeah. And I know there's some people coming up that I don't know, but... Yeah. Hidden figures are for those, I, w- I would say, mums and community figures mm. underneath the radar. Yeah, yeah. That you just wouldn't even think yeah. are doing extraordinary things for mm. their community. Because mm-hmm. they don't look for recognition. Yeah. They just do it because they, they love do it. it. They do it yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got my, my best friend who I've known since she was 11, or we were 11. She does so much in Peckham. Mm. She's a carer. Mm. Um, and she does art she does all sorts of mentoring but no one knows who she is mm. she's just one of those community heroes but it never, community never comes hero. out of yeah community. so that's what Hidden Figures is about Got you. Um, and then uh, so th- the idea is still there but I'm just obviously trying to think how's it going to fit into all the things that I'm doing at the moment yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what are all the things you're doing at the moment so then there's Beyond Our Youth mm-hmm. uh, which is another kind of way of me bringing people together so beyond our youth is about bringing young people together who have a cause or a social okay, yeah. project yeah, yeah, that they've yeah. set, so like you yeah so for example so you with hidden figures uh uk you'd be you've just said to me i'm looking for a studio in south london mm-hmm. through beyond our youth you'd be able to find it got but you. by a young person got you got you got you yeah, so it's I, almost like another network it's another network yeah. but bringing all of them like all the young people I know and everyone who's got something going on because there's many of you out there mm, doing stuff yeah, and I'm not just talking about black kids yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah because they've, they I don't know if you know but there's a lot of these amazing hubs that are set up by yeah, young yeah 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 whispering <laughs> but it's recording <laughs> me <laughs> for, for our white brethren <laughs> for those who didn't hear us <laughs> I did <laughs> but there's some they're really amazing yeah no they know? really are yeah they really are but they imagine really are. And I've brought some of my young people to the hub, yeah. where I'm based with Generating Genius, and my young, um, my young mentees are going, wow, and I guess this could be you. Yeah, yeah. You need to mix with these people. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's good, obviously, we've got our community, mm. but in time to come, you're going to be working with them. Definitely, definitely. Or you have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's diversity and yeah. inclusion is about, isn't it? So is it, is it, is it beyond our, beyond our youth? It's for um, all colours, uh, but it's for, it's, it's only for um, young people who've who've set up a project, a social yeah. cause. It's not. It's not an idea. It's, it's it actually needs to be running. It is running. Sense. Yeah, because I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, 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 but I'm just not promoting it a lot. Got you, got you, yeah. got you. So you've got that. You've got um, the Alet- uh, Al- Alito Alito Foundation. Yeah, and um, generating genius. Uh, yeah, the generating genius mm-hmm. alumni stuff. Hidden yeah. Figures UK en route. Yeah. Anything else you're working on? I can't. There's another thing, but I don't want to mention it. Yet, okay, yeah. But no, that's with that. a couple of corporates. Um, okay, got you. 
So that's been, I mean, we've been working on that for over a year now. Okay. But, so, you know, I just, you know, when you have, normally when I have an idea, I give it to somebody to do. Yeah. But I thought, let but me, because I really like develop, this yeah. Beyond Our Youth thing. Yeah, got you. Um, so that's set up as a company and I'll carry on with that. Um, the other the other thing I plan to do is to bring some form of leadership development to Jamaica. Okay. So even if it's just small, even if it's just me mentoring mm. 10 young Jamaican people. Yeah young people mm. in their college yeah, and bringing the leadership but to it's something, Jamaica. Yeah, got you. Yeah. That's very interesting. That's 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 another conversation I've had with quite a few of my guests about sort of engaging the diaspora engaging back home. Absolutely. Um, I think the the last my last interview was my, my my actual uncle um and he's 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 been in Nigeria for like 10 15 mm. years now. Works in private equity there and we were having a very interesting conversation about yeah kind of he, he, he i think he's the first interviewee i've spoken to who's already moved back um i've got one who who has retired okay. and is moving back is yeah. slowly transitioning back to nigeria and i had somebody else who's got an, a business which has offices that's headquartered here but has an office that's in nigeria good. so again like it's been that. it's been an interesting conversation mm. about sort of just as part of the diaspora pretty much all of whom were either born here or grew up here um, kind of absorbing whatever knowledge and then taking it back and yeah, sort of developing really back where they are. But um, yeah, we're, we're close to wrapping up mm. now because of time. But um, one question that we ask all of our interviews was two questions. The first is, um, if you could go back to when you were 25, uh, and I picked 25 as just a average age for a millennial, but if you could go back to when you were 25, what advice would you give yourself? 25 I would have said to myself um, invest more as like in financially yeah invest financially yeah. Uh, because if you'd start investing at 25 um, and now I'm double that age yeah. <laughs> imagine yeah. I could have probably been much, retired yeah. by now yeah, yeah, yeah. Got <laughs> so no matter how small mm invest in something mm. uh so i think maybe after that age i then invested in bp yeah and it's a nice little kind of yeah. way to support my kids so yeah, if anything yeah. happened to me they've got that but i definitely would have said to myself invest more yeah. um wherever you get the opportunity if you could buy i mean nowadays it's really difficult but yeah. if you do ever have an opportunity to buy property yeah, yeah to yeah. do that but you can start off small with ices and things yeah and, definitely you definitely. know that sort of stuff also i would have said travel more because okay. most of the time I travelled for work, but I didn't really go off. Travel I haven't to been to enjoy, India. Yeah, yeah. I've never been to Africa or South yeah. America. Yeah. So at 25, I definitely should have um, said to myself, a travel more. a lot more. Um, I wouldn't have changed the age I had the kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it, yeah. So, but, um, but definitely travel, invest, mm. you know, that sort of stuff. That's what I would have said to myself. And then sort of following from that, what advice would you give millennials now? You you deal with them on yeah as, on, as a your job on a regular yeah, basis yeah, yeah. Basis. What, yeah what is your having spoken to so many millennials you yeah. s you see us you you mentor us you talk to us what would you say is kind of like one of the main it doesn't have to be one thing but w what are the what's the main advice you'd give to to millennials yeah. my main advice to them is don't compare yourself to your, the other person mm. that is one of the fortunately for us when we were growing up we didn't have Snapchat and Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Facebook. Yeah. And what I noticed is 
young people are just comparing themselves to people all the mm. time. It's kind of scary. Yeah, no, it's very Because scary. it actually gets them upset. Yeah. And they're very hard on themselves. So if they, I mean, although they're happy, yeah, yeah, there's this, it's almost like they're constantly competing with this phantom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like they're competing with themselves. It's like competing with the other person, but that person's not living your life. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, and and (laughs) the key thing as well to what I say to people is spend time on your own. Mm. Spend, you should spend much more time getting to know you, yourself, and Mm. how you think, how you operate in different situations Mm. before you go socialising and doing all that sort of stuff. Because if you understand yourself, people will see that you're authentic. Yeah. yeah. You're not going in there as a fake or imposter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're You're confident in yourself. So don't compare. Stop comparing yourself and spend time with yourself. Okay. And pray. And pray. (laughs) I think that's a a great way to to end it. and uh, just just finally, lastly, mm. is there anything that you're working on or promoting or anything like that that you'd just like to give a quick shout out to? Oh, yes, please. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, there's, uh, I'd really, really, really love to um, promote Leanne Armitage okay. of the Armitage Foundation. Okay. So Leanne is a 2016 Alito member and she okay. runs a project, a social project or charity now, which helps the next generation to get into medical profession. Okay. Um, in the medical fe- profession, there's not many people of colour that yeah. are surgeons. Okay. okay. There's very few, and yeah. she's one of these. She's only 22. Yeah. Um, who's running something in schools to help oh, um, young people see that it's actually a, it's good, a route. Yeah. good route to get into. So I'd just like to big her up because also she has her challenges and mm. it's been really tough. She's at university as well doing medicine. You know, mm. it's not easy. It's not easy at all. You know, it's and I just want, you know, want want to, um, everyone to pray for her and yeah. just, when you see her, support her online. Yeah, definitely. What was her name, sorry? Leanne Armitage. Leanne Armitage yeah. of the Armitage Foundation. Armitage Foundation. So, um, yeah, those, those who are hearing <laughs> my words, uh, if you can please check that out um, and definitely support um but yeah thank you very much for thank coming you, Veronica. Really. um it's uh I, I've, I've i think i've mentioned it to you before but <clears throat> i feel often as as someone within the black community um i feel like there's a lot of um issues uh that do exist and i think there's a tendency for us to consistently focus on moaning about the issues rather than kind of yeah. do things to to try and uh, resolve the problem and I think often the kind of narrative of, of who black people are what black people are supposed to be gets very skewed and I think the irony is that mm. I mean I call it hidden figures but there's so many examples of, of black excellence or I mean excellence is even a strong word but well, excellence is subjective but just black people doing amazing things right. that aren't fitting the stereotype aren't fitting the narrative but the problem is there is a narrative so it's almost i think the important thing about this podcast is to kind of counter that narrative that you you uh, yes that that narrative does exist and we do need to 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 do things to solve that narrative but let's not forget that there are so many people who've done fantastic things done inspiring things you know listening to to you speak about um the work you've done especially in the advertising space when you were really really young um is something that i think um could only be really inspirational for for a lot of people hearing and and hearing how you've now transitioned 
um, and how you've moved in your career um, and your sort of because I almost feel talking to you it feels like your career is your life if that makes any mm -hmm. sense and you've kind of managed to build a world around yourself where your career and your life are interchangeable you you it sounds like if if there was no such thing as work and you were retired you'd still be out here Correct. mentoring young people yes. um and 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 helping us and i I, th I think the other thing as well is that it's important for young people to have a much longer term vision i think you know going back to social media we look at ourselves we talk amongst ourselves um the whole it's all sort of millennials watching millennials and we kind of forget that there's <laughs> there's so much more beyond us um and it's it's really great to hear the stories of of of, of people who sort of been 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 in our shoes mm. um who are now doing great things almost to remind us that th there is there is a much longer road and it's there's more than the sort of two years three years you know we do get focused on sort of competing Definitely. amongst ourselves in this little mm. bubble of time forgetting kind of how much more there is to life so Absolutely. um thank you so much for coming down and I, I know you had to it was, it was quite a commute for you but um <laughs> it was it's worth definitely, it <laughs> it's definitely appreciated and um thank you again thank you for all the work you do with young people uh even myself you've been very helpful in terms of me setting up what i'm doing here um and i know from that from that um from the wind trade event how yeah. many other young people that that you've 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 um impacted throughout all your charity work <laughs> and throughout the Alesso Foundation. So again, just on behalf of, of all of us, thank you very much for, for what you've done and what you continue to do. Thank you, Damini. You're most you. welcome. Um, and yeah, to the listeners, again, sorry that I've been kind of incognito for a bit. Uh, we're back on the roads now, so we, we've got some good interviews lined up. And um, yeah, look forward to putting them out and you guys hearing them. Thank you very much. <laughs>